0: And I hope you had a great Christmas uh, with your family and friends. I hope you got all the gifts that you wanted underneath the tree. And maybe Santa brought you some stuff. I don't know, like, where you're at. But I hope you got the things that you wanted. I, I hope that you just enjoyed time with family and friends. And, and this is a, a great service for us. This is a really interesting time because it's after Christmas. And we're reflecting on Jesus and his birth. And we're, we're still kind of in, you know, the enjoyment of that. And, and it's before New Year's. So it's kind of one of those in-between type services is a holiday weekend and so many of us you know we're looking at new years and and you know christmas is done maybe your christmas tree is done and out and ornaments are down and and every, you know it's the the live christmas tree is by the street already to be taken away like your house is clean and you're ready for 2020 like you're excited about that some people i know are all about that but so with this service this is going to be like a mixture of different things and and so i'm going to be talking about kind of like a year in review right when when you look at this service and and, and what god has done at 20 2019. Like what? What do you reflect on when when this past year? What what did God do in your life? What are some of the things that you would say? Oh, that was so hard. That was so tough. And then some things that you were celebrating. You know, in 2019, that's amazing and incredible. And then we're also going to, you know, make some projections. Uh, We're going to look. We're going to make some goals uh, for 2020, which is a huge deal. Uh, So today, really, the primary focus of my message isn't you know last year or this year or next year. My primary focus of this. message is going to be about having wisdom. You know, I just I think we need absolutely need to have more wisdom in our life because if you would look at some of the things that happened in 2019, maybe just maybe the things that weren't so great if some dis- different decisions were made, maybe the outcome would look different. And so when I talk about wisdom, I'm not going to be talking about just being smarter because that's knowledge. I'm going to be talking about wisdom from above, like divine wisdom that God communicates and that he gives to us. And so I'm going to be diving into the book of James in chapter 3, and we'll get there in just a moment. But if you have your Bible, uh, like your paper Bible, please open that up. And I I would encourage you to have a paper Bible. Like it's great to open it up and read and and, and absorb what God is saying in his word. You can underline things. Um, But if you're here in the auditorium, I mean, you would admit that you would you need some more wisdom or you just want more wisdom? Would you put your hand up like you want more wisdom just in life? Yeah, I think every single person's hand is up, which is a big deal so many of us, right? Cuz we want more wisdom. Even as we're looking at New Year's and New Year's resolutions, have you ever looked at the most popular New Year's resolutions? You know, they're very they're, they're similar. They're almost the same every single year. Right? It's it's like, "Hey, I want to lose some weight. I want to get fit. I want to eat right." That's that's usually the biggest one, kind of, you know, encompassing our physical life. And then some of them are financial, where we want to get out of debt. Uh, we want to save some money, right? And, and that's, that's great, and that's amazing. And then there's kind of a, a group that are a mixture where some people often say that they want to quit smoking. Some people say, like, I want to travel more, you know, in this upcoming year. I want to have more time with my family. Uh, people say, well, I want to have this year be, ha- be less stressful, you know, than last year. So there's kind of, you know, all of those different things. And so I want to add something to that. As your pastor, I would hope that your, one of your New Year's resolutions or a goal for 2020 is that you would grow closer to Jesus, uh, that, that, that we as a church would grow closer to the Lord and what he has for us in our community, that you as a person, as an individual, would recognize who God is and begin to follow after him passionately, and in 2020 that you would truly experience the wisdom from above that we want that we would desire and long for, because godly wisdom to me is, is something that we should want more of, right? In our life, it's a big deal. And, and so, because I like I think about that, and what if we actually received what God offered to us, right? If we talk about godly wisdom and we go, wow, that's so neat, it's profound. What if we actually got it? I mean, to me, I'm going, man, that's, that, that would be neat, and profound if I actually receive the wisdom of the Lord. And so far too often, though, if we're totally honest, Uh, when we think about our lives and the things that we want, we just want what we want. Uh, You know, talking about the Lord is great. It makes us feel good and, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. But really, when it comes down to it, uh, many times we don't even talk to the Lord about our decisions and and where we're headed. We just want to get what we want and what we think we deserve. So what if we asked the Lord what his will was and that his will would actually be done in our life? I mean, I think that like, our lives would be totally changed. 2020 would be a different year than maybe you've ever experienced before in your life. And so we're going to dive into the book of James. And to give you a little bit of a background of James, so you understand who we're talking about. So the author of James is... James, And so the thing that's interesting about this James, though, is it was, this wasn't the disciple, right? This is the half-brother of Jesus that's the author of this book. And the reason that's a big deal is because during Jesus' life and his ministry, his brother James did not believe in him. In fact, you can read scripture where Jesus' family often made fun of him and mocked him, about being the Messiah. It's like, no, I'm your brother, and I know, like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not, I, and I don't believe. So this guy who wrote the book of James didn't actually believe in his brother until afterwards when, you know, Jesus died and, and rose again, and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, my gosh, I've been wrong this whole time, you know, and, and, and foolish me, and so then the thing that's great and that I love is even though he had disbelief because of the resurrection, he now believes in Christ. And like, praise God for that, for us in our lives, because many of us in our life, we didn't believe before. Maybe you don't believe now, but there's a time when we recognize who Jesus is, and our life continues to amazingly changed, miraculously changed. So James, who didn't believe before, becomes a pastor. He becomes a published author in the Word of God. And so let's, let's look at James chapter 3, and I want to share my first point with you, and it's that wisdom is shown by our life. And so in James chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And so I would say that far too many people uh, in America and in our culture and in, in the world really claim Christianity, but it is not reflected by their lifestyle. And so I can say to you, I'm an astronaut. But that does not make me an astronaut. It would be kind of cool, like just to be honest, even that kind of like fly thing up in the stratosphere for a little bit. Like I like, I'd be down with that. That would be super cool. I'd probably throw up, but hey, you know, like but me saying I'm an astronaut does not make me an astronaut. And, and even recent polls, you know, when you look at our country, according to Wikipedia, you have 65% of Americans that claim some type of Christianity. And and globally you have 2.4 billion people worldwide. That would say that, that they believe in, in, in Jesus and who he is in Christianity. But just because people say that they believe does not mean that it is reflected by their lifestyle. And it's about to get real in here. I don't know what kind of message you were hoping for, but... I'll tell you what, Pastor Aaron is fired up a little bit, because this is my last message of 2019, and and I'm going to bring it. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're excited, because to me, goals and resolutions are great. Like, I have them, and, and I want them, and those are fantastic. But why do we have them? Why is it, when we look at 2020, we feel like there's things that need to change? And the reason is, because when we look at our life and the decisions that we've made, we realize that we didn't do so great, so we need to change some things. Because, I mean, if we want to get healthier physically, we need to eat better and exercise. No kidding. No kidding, right? That's obvious. We know that. But why? Why do we have those resolutions? And so when we look deep down inside of truly why they're there, and we recognize maybe some of the decisions we made are off-base or off-track, I would clearly say that our motivations determine our directions. If you, if you want to lose some weight or work out. Like, why? Why is it that you want to do that? Do that. So, I mean, like, if I say, hey, I'm going to work out, and I'm going to pass on dessert, because I know I'm supposed to, right? And, and, I, and we get that. We understand. But that motivation is not going to last very long. It's not. I mean, so many New Year's resolutions are broken by, like, week two of January, because, I mean, because of the motivation behind it. But if we were to say, I want to honor God with my life, and and I want to have wisdom in the way that I eat because my body is the temple of the holy spirit that's a whole different ball game that motivation is clearly different than than you know than than what we feel and what we think and that will create a long-term solution in our life but I mean, when our pants are tighter after Christmas, that, that's a motivator, too. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. And so for me, like, I am not overweight, but I recently did not want to work out for an extended period of time. Like, even, like, I didn't, I didn't work out very much at all. I just was in a little bit of a funk. You know how sometimes you just kind of get into that dip, and you're like, oh, and I wasn't motivated. It wasn't, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. And I had done it before, and I had some goals before, and I had done some races, and those were great. But... I didn't have that anymore. Like, I didn't have that motivation. But now I do. And and so the thing that's interesting is now when I look at that, even that one simple piece of my life, there were some things that happened in me in 2019 that I needed to happen. Like, God revealed some big, big things in me and who I was. And so I recognized why I wasn't really motivated to, to work out. And so I would say very clearly, when you look at James in chapter 3, like wisdom is shown by our life and the decisions that we make. And so if you feel like there's an area in your life that you probably could improve, then this message is for you. And I, I, was, I would dare say that all of us would say that there's probably some area in our life where we, we want to see some growth, we want to see some improvement. So this is what it's all about. And here's why. It's because of number two, it's because it's a heart issue. Because when you look at James chapter 3 and you continue in verse 14, it says, "...but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying." For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Let me read that last verse one more time. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Whew. Wow. I mean, you talk about challenging. James, who didn't follow Jesus before, is now on fire and passionate, and he is dealing to you and I in his word, and that's incredible. And so if there are issues in your life, it's possible that we are pursuing some type of earthly wisdom. That's what James is confronting with. I mean, earthly wisdom. And here's the deal. A lot of people pursue earthly wisdom. We do. We do it all the time. And so here's what we've got to recognize. As Christ followers, we now are different. If you follow after Jesus, we now are not like the world. We're not like normal people. We're different, right? And so we should not be following earthly wisdom. And here's what we've got to see and recognize. People on this earth, in our country, in our community are doing some crazy things. And, and they're coming up with it in their head, and they're like, oh, this is the great idea. And sometimes I look at decisions, and I'm going, no, it's not. Like, that's not a great idea. For example, legalizing drugs. This is not a political issue for me. And I know their votes and all that kind of stuff, but to me, this is a moral issue because God says very clearly that we are to be sober-minded, that we are to not, we're not to be drunk because that alters our state of mind. In fact, we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And, and so this is a little bit of a thing for me, uh, right? We all have things that we're passionate about. This is one, and I even got, you know, a mailer in, in the mail this past week, and I'm like, no, 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 I already voted against this. I don't want this in my state, because 11 states have legalized the use of recreational marijuana. Does that make smoking pot right? Somebody told me, they said, hey, wh- wh- why, do you have a de- why do you have a problem with this? Like, it's coming to Florida. And I, like, I got fired up. I mean, I was fired up inside because, like, I get the medical side, and that's not one. I'm talking about the recreational use. And they said, it's going to happen in Florida. And I told them, I said, I absolutely hope that it doesn't, because I've seen the negative effects on states and communities where it is. And hopefully you have as well, because I have friends that live in, like, Colorado. I have friends that have visited Colorado right? And, and, and they, 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 we've seen, like, you can see the negative impacts where there's people just sitting around, right? Where, where families would have gone before to enjoy a family time, families can no longer go without that being, a, you know, an effect. Places that were beautiful and amazing now have lots of trash and are getting unkept because of decisions that people are making. So, I would say that we need to have our standard as God's standards, that we should be following godly standards in what Scripture tells us. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says that there is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, it is death, but it ends in death. And so if we are letting the world Right, the world and earthly influence determine our values. It's possible that those values are based on selfish ambition and jealousy. And so, let me ask you how much worldly values are you allowing in your life? How much worldly influence are you allowing to affect you and your mind and your heart, you know, your decisions? I mean, some very, very simple and, and obvious examples are the music that you're listening to. What are, what's the message and motivation behind the music that, that you're listening to? The TV shows that you watch, you know, the Netflix shows, the movies that, that you're allowing yourself to be exposed to, the things that you watch on YouTube and, you know, you kind of laugh and joke and you see them as funny or, or even the friends that you hang out with. What type of influence are they having around you? And so I'll just, I'll share a very open story with you. You know, I have Spotify on my phone and, and I'm not a huge techie, right? I've got, I just, I told this story a couple weeks ago. I just upgraded to an iPhone 6. So I'm like, I'm not that guy. Like that's all up, up to date and stuff like that. And, and I get it, but I had, I got Spotify. And so I just, I, I try and stay current on like things and things that are going on. So one of the times when I was working out, because now I work out all the time. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't. <laughs> but I, I put on my phone, just Spotify top. 40 songs ever played, right? And, and so there were some songs in there that I knew that I recognized, some that I didn't. But one of the things that I realized with Spotify is there's this thing in the settings called explicit lyrics. And Pastor Aaron forgot to turn off explicit lyrics when he was listening to the top 40. And all of a sudden, I'm like working out. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, whoa, like what just happened? And so the reason I share that story is because we can guard ourselves. We can guard ourselves. There are filters in our life that we need. And so it's clear in Scripture that we are in the world, but we are not part of it. And so our lifestyle should be different. The wisdom that we use should be from God. It should be divine. It should be from above. And so we've got to put those guardrails in our life. It talks about this. Paul talked about this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says, so where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Man, I hope that just settles in our heart and, and who we are is truth, be based on godly principles because God's word is truth, life according to his word and his ways. It enables us to be pure, to be holy, to reflect the image of Christ. Now, when I say pure, oftentimes people get intimidated by that. They go, oh, I can never be perfect. That's not purity. Purity is not perfection, but purity is pursuing after integrity. Integrity and character and morals and values one of the ones that I absolutely love is honesty. Honest people are refreshing. Like when you have a friend that's honest, like the, you, you, you bring that fin, friend in closer. If you have a boss that's honest, that is great. If you have colleagues and coworkers that you work with, and, and like that's something you can build a friendship on, right? So if the person you're dating right now, you question their honesty, Maybe that relationship shouldn't continue, but we have got to be aware of earthly wisdom right? That's one of the pieces that James talked about in his verses. The the next one that he talked about was something, it it was related to wisdom that was unspiritual, lifestyle that's unspiritual. And so I'm going to encompass multiple things where this is just human reasoning, where it's not spiritual. It's not because of our spirit. We're, We're born of the spirit. We're filled with the spirit. Like this is human reasoning. This is physical pleasure. This is sexual and sensual. This is emotionally gratifying. And satisfying where it's like, hey, I want to do that. I desire to do that. It's sensual. It's pleasing. It, it feels good. Right? And, and so here's the thing that, that James is talking about in that, is that it's actually a lie that the enemy's trying to trap us in. Because it may feel good in that moment, but it's not actually good for you long term. Because oftentimes our feelings will lead us astray in our lifestyle and how we go about them. Because when we follow Jesus, everything changes. How we process things, how we make decisions, what our motivations are, how we go about our lifestyle, everything changes when we follow after Jesus. And Titus talked about this. Titus was a pastor as well. And in Titus chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Once we, too, were foolish. And disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. We hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I'm not trying to, to live by human intellect, right? We shouldn't live by that or, or things that are sensual or th- about my feelings because, in, and this is really challenging at times, right? In our life and the way we go about our this is extremely challenging. But the goal is to live by godly principles and the power of the Holy Spirit. That should be our goal with godly motives and godly intent. And the thing that I love even in these verses, it, like, it's not talking about you and I being weak. Like, as a follower of Christ, that, that doesn't make me weak. It makes me consider of others, right? It makes me merciful towards those who, who need mercy. It makes me willing to listen to somebody's life and the things that they have going on. I mean, can, can you imagine what our life would be like if we were full of mercy towards those that were hurting? If we actually forgave those who, act, who, who acted against us? If we didn't hold a grudge, I mean, our life would change. That would be amazing. And so when James was talking about wisdom, like he was bringing it big time, extremely challenging. And so he, he said, you know, in verse 15, if it's not wisdom from the Lord, then it's earthly, it's unspiritual. And there's one more word that he used. And he said demonic. Now, that's an intense term. That's a very intense term, and for a lot of people, it's even scary, where people go, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to get possessed by a demon. No, you're absolutely right, but you could be influenced by one. And that's what we go, oh, my gosh, like, are you kidding me? And, And so here's the reality. They are trying to persuade you. Through earthly things and through unspiritual things, they come in our lives. And really what it is, is they just come in a little bit. They mask themselves. They cover themselves. It seems a little deceiving. That's exactly what they're trying to do, is bring deception in our life. And Jesus confronted this in his day. He says in John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, "'For you are the children of your father, the devil.'" And you love to do evil things, he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so the reason this is so confronting for you and I, and why I've got to talk about it, is because the same, sp- the same spirit of pride that these verses are talking about, that Jesus is confronting the spiritual pride that, that, that these, these, lead, these religious leaders of the law that Jesus was confronting very, very directly was the same type of pride that Lucifer, who at one point in time was the worship leader in heaven, was cast out of heaven. This is the same spirit of pride. And it's prevalent in our culture and sometimes even in our life today. When we make things all about us, that's the selfish ambition that James is talking about. How many times have you and I said and heard other people, it's about me. Like, I want to do what I want. I don't care what you think or what other people are saying. I want to do what I want to do. Like, I feel like I deserve this. And if you don't agree with me and want to give me what I think I deserve and treat me the way that I want to be treated, then I'll give you a bad rating. I'll give you a bad review. I'll, I'll slam you on social media. So when we look at that and we boil it down, what type of attitude and motivation is that? I would say that that's selfish ambition and envy because we think we deserve something based on something that we see and we're envious of it and we want it. It's jealousy. (laughs) Here's my encouragement for you. I know that's intense. Um, No apologies on it, by the way. It's my job to be your pastor and to preach God's word and to dive in deep And man, I'll tell you what, I don't know what your 2019 looked like, but my heart and our prayer like as this church and our community is if something needs to change, then why not now? Like Now is a great time to see transition and change. And so here's what I want to say. We don't have to live by earthly, unspiritual, or demonic influence. We do not have to do that. And so as your pastor, not us right? Not on my watch. That's my prayer. That's my heart. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want others to see the Spirit in our life, to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to see the good deeds that the Lord is working and doing in us. So we are not going to conform to the patterns of this world. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to seek out godly spiritual wisdom. That's the third thing that James did. Like, this is what he communicates. Godly spiritual wisdom, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of the good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And so look at the motivation in here. These are pure motives. These are godly motives. They honor the Lord and who he is. It's about serving other people. It's about showing love, godly type of love. And so we've got to push aside the selfish ambition that we have in our life. And we need to have godly wisdom on display For other people to see. Because here's the reality. It's attractive. When other people see godly wisdom in our life, they're attracted to it. And they notice that something's different about us. Hopefully at some point in time you've had somebody come up to you and say, there's just something different about you. I don't know what it is. We just met. You just started working here. You just moved in. There's something different about you it's a better way. It's amazing. It's powerful. And if we truly want this, like we can have godly purposes in our life. I mean, think about the things that God wants us to do in our life. He talks about mercy and wisdom and serving others and being generous towards others. Like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Where you and I, the godly purposes that we can have is where we bring healing to the hurting. Those that are hurting and down and desperate and, and struggling with depression, like we're the ones that bring healing to their life. God allows us to do that through the power of his Holy Spirit. Those that we see and encounter, and you can just tell they're, they're broken. You can see it on them like they're downtrodden and they're, they're sad. Like we're the ones that can love on them. They're hurting so badly and they're longing for love and often, you know, looking for for love in different ways, different avenues. And man, I'll tell you what, they they have tried different things and they're tired of it. They're tired of running and chasing everything else. They need the love that God offers and you and I are the ones that are to bring it to them. Do you know how refreshing it is when you're down and struggling and somebody comes alongside and encourages you? we can do that. So when you find that person that's depressed, we bring the encouragement. We bring the blessing on the less fortunate. That's our role. That's our responsibility when God works through us in incredible ways. And we can bring Jesus to every single person around us. And so here's the deal. I realize what I'm saying is big and lofty, and, and, and it's, it's it can even be intimidating, and so I'm not just going to leave that out there and just kind of hope for you to do your best. Like that, I don't think that that would be right of me, and we've talked over the last several weeks how in January, starting January 5th through January 26th, we as a church, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting, and this isn't just flipping or no big deal, and we've done it before, and this, so this is becoming an annual thing because of what I'm talking about today. We want divine wisdom. We need it in our lives, at the workplace, in our marriage, in our family, in our home, and at work, in our community, in our state. We need this desperately. So we go to a time of prayer and fasting, 21 days. And so what we're going to do is we're going to post every single day. If you don't follow Grace Church on social media, you need to, because like, there's constantly things that we're putting out there and communicating. There's going to be resources out there that you can link up with and read and follow. There's going to be videos that you can watch. We're going to give topics every single day of the 21 days that will be prayer focuses. And so we're not just going to throw this out there and be like, hey, good luck. Like, no, no, no. We're going to walk alongside of you. We're going to lead out in front on what this looks like. So we want you to begin thinking and considering and even praying now, God, what is it that you want me to fast? Where is it? How long? Maybe it is food for an extended period of time. Maybe it's something else. I don't know, but there are lots of different ways to fast, like in eating and the things in our life that are distractions. And so what fasting is, is fasting pushes all those things aside that distract us, and they bring us into the throne room of God in our purity that God offers to us in our desperation in our prayer lives. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, fasting has been a part of my life for 15 years. I've been in ministry 21 years, and I really got exposed to fasting 15 years. And I'll tell you what, man, fasting brings just this exponential growth spiritually where it just like, it it gets God's attention when we have this lifestyle of denial, of pushing things out of our life. Like it gets his attention and he goes, whoa, do you see them? Do you see what they're doing? Do you you see how they're crying out to me and they're, they're willing to push some of this stuff aside because they long for me? And I'll tell you what, God shows up. The other thing that happens is it, it, bind, it, it binds the hands of the enemy against us. And so when I talk about some of these things in, in James that are a little bit intimidating and us being influenced, we want to bind the hands of the enemy and have him push aside where we can have this incredible connection with the Lord. And so we're going to launch this next Sunday, January 5th, on Sunday morning services. I want you to begin considering now. And then we're also doing a night of worship uh, on, on the evening, on Sunday evening, January 5th. So start putting these things in your schedule now, right? So church on, on the 5th, you need to be here, you need to bring somebody with you because we're looking at significant breakthrough. The, that night of worship, Like the, we need, you'll see posts about this is gonna be a big deal because if you are a follower of Jesus, there should be evidence in our life, we should reflect Christ. And so the way that we get godly wisdom is by spending time with him. That's how we get it, right? If you want that godly wisdom, then you become one who follows after the Lord. You spend time with Jesus and you begin to look like him and talk like him. You begin to think like him and process like him. It's time with Jesus. And we take on his mannerisms. We take on his attitudes. We take on his disciplines. And we start to get it, and it's amazing, and it's incredible. And so the way that I want to wrap up this message and and this year is we are going to take communion together. And if you came in and you were unable to get communion elements, I apologize for that. We actually ran out. So if you don't have them, I'm sorry. Maybe you could do this on your own later. Um, But if you have them, like great, we're going to take communion together. But the thing that's amazing is when you talk about godly wisdom and divine communication from above. Do you know how we get it? It's so simple. We ask for it. We ask for it, and God gives it. And so I just want to encourage you. It, it's like it seems lofty and big and grandiose and almost unattainable, but but really it's not. It's not. So let's take a moment and let's pause right now and let's reflect. Go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head, focus on the Lord, what he has for you. Maybe you evaluate your last year and you look at 2020. Maybe you ask God for wisdom right now because you know you need it and I need it and I want it. so the other thing that's amazing is we receive forgiveness when we ask for it. And so in scripture it's very clear clear when Jesus was, you know, talking about communion and the importance of it that we have to come and our hearts have to be right before God before we partake in communion. And so let's get our lives right and ask for forgiveness and cleansing and then we'll take communion together so maybe you pray something along this lines maybe you say god i'm so sorry god would you please forgive me god would you cleanse me lord i'm like oh i'm I'm embarrassed by some of the things that i've done lord that even the things that just seem i want to see them eradicated lord i don't want in my lifestyle lord i want to get rid of them I want to see them eradicated. Lord, I don't want to do them anymore. It's frustrating when I, when I fall into that again and again and again. Lord, I want to be free from my addiction. Lord, I want you to lift the heaviness of depression from my life. Lord, I want to walk on your path, and I want to walk on it passionately. Lord, I want to have the faith that's talked about in your word. Lord, I want wisdom. So, God, right now we ask for wisdom. Your divine wisdom from above and the decisions that we make. Lord, right now, every single one of us, you have a plan and a purpose for us in 2020. And so, God, we want what you want. What would you have us do? Lord, what's your will? What's your design? What's your destiny that you've called us to? And, Lord, we don't even need to know what January brings or February or A year from now, Lord, we don't even need to know. But God, if we're passionate for you and we're pursuant of you, you will reveal day by day, moment by moment, your will, your design. And so, God, right now, we commit our hearts, our lives, all that we are to pursue after you.